These are your morning announcements. The Retro Club will be meeting today to discuss Uncle Buck. And a reminder that parent-teacher conferences will be happening this week, and we have sent reminders to your parents. Hello, and welcome to the Retro Club. We're your hosts, Megan. And John. <laughs> I tried to trick John, but I, I couldn't do it. What do so. you want me to do? Nose I just, whistle? No, I just <laughs> assumed you'd start singing or talking to yourself oh, like no. you normally do. <laughs> anyway, um, before we get into this week's episode, let's catch up on what's happened in the last week. And for some reason, it feels like not a lot. We are gearing up for Thanksgiving, though. We oh, got, yeah, I guess that is right around the corner. We had a lot of Thanksgivings happening. This is a bad time to be trying to watch what we're eating. <laughs> we are. John and I have both changed our diets. Yay for us. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to be healthier. But we've got my family's Thanksgiving, your family's Thanksgiving. I have a Friendsgiving. You have a work Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be disciplined. I've done really good. Yeah, we're, we're trying. We're getting there. I feel like, yeah, we're doing pretty well. I'm doing very well, yeah. What about, you keep saying I. There's a lot of I over there. Because I am proud of, of myself. I'm oh, proud of you too. Thanks. I'm glad. Baldy. You also shaved oh, yeah, your I head. shaved my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I just feel like that's kind of taken over our lives is getting prepped for Thanksgiving for some reason. Uh, I don't know. I more or less wanted to watch all the football games. So mm-hmm. I've been working everything around being able to do that with family. Oh, good. Good for you. <laughs> uh, I did start. By the my, way, my Raiders. Oh, my God. I've won back-to-back games. So loud you are. Yes. <laughs> I started my new position at work. I'm training my new person. I feel like it's uh, it's going. It it's is. not bad. She was internal hire, so it was okay. Oh, yeah. All she did was make a slight movement. A slight? She's going to. We're going to work. We're going to work, B. <laughs> How's that? That's what you're going to do? Yeah. Uh, nothing else going on. Oh, you guys have a bake sale at your work. That's yeah, cute. It's going really well. I keep uh, making people feel bad. What? <laughs> so then they buy stuff. Oh, my God. We made John. well over 100 bucks from Jesus. a bake sale. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what is the money going towards? Oh, children uh, for gifts for Christmas. So it's a good cause, but I don't Hell think yeah, you is. should be... You shouldn't be guilty. I even said to somebody, it's for kids. Oh, my God. Uh, it's like that pressure uh, if you go through a drive-thru and they're like, would you like to donate a dollar to Riley Children's Hospital or, you know, whatever's in your area? And it's like, no, 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 thank you. Oh, you don't. <laughs> you don't want to help sick kids. Like, right. <laughs> would you like to round up your total 11 cents to... And you have McDon- to- I know McDonald's can do a whole lot with my seven cents for a seven billion dollar company. <laughs> That's if the big everyone one. did it, though. That's the point. The worst is when they tell you, do you want to round up and your totals like ninety two cents? Like, would you like to donate for your eight cents? cents for thirty four cents a day? <laughs> oh, God. you can feed this child in Indonesia. Oh, no. With the price of a cup of coffee. <laughs> Yikes. Speaking of cups of coffee. 
this week's episode. I don't know. That was the only segue I could think of because she drinks coffee in it. <laughs> like, oh, I guess. Yeah. And that's their little joke at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of coffee, <laughs> this week we are going to be discussing 1989's Uncle Buck. Ooh. I love this movie. It's a good movie. It's a a, a heartfelt movie. I yeah. Think. I, I think collectively we just love John Candy. Yeah. I enjoy most of his movies. We've done a lot of his movies. We've covered a bunch of them. Uh, yeah, we've got a few up there. I'd have to actually sit and look. The only two that come <laughs> to mind are we've done Great Outdoors. We did mm-hmm. Nothing But Trouble. Oh, we God. haven't talked about that in a while. Yeah. Did we? No, we didn't do Spaceballs. No, we haven't. Ooh. What else? We've done other John Can- Cool Runnings. We did do Cool Runnings. Yeah, that was way back when. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think because we've done a ton of movies, even where he's featured. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Anyway, Uncle I'll go Buck the list. released August 16th, 1989, but it is a, a winter-ish movie. I'd say so. It's about, it's about Chicago, so. Yeah, and Indianapolis. They talk about mm-hmm. Indianapolis a lot. Yes. This movie opened up in 1,804 theaters. That's less theaters than the last movie we talked about. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot less. Like 600 less. Wow. And that's only like four or five years separated. Mm, Yeah. But you look at the movies this opened against, there's a lot of... (laughs) Well, here's the thing. With the top 10 movies that I pulled, it... Once you get back into like the 80s and later, mm-hmm. movies weren't really tracked the same way over this, what I'm finding at least, because these were the movies for all of August, the top 10 of August. Mm-hmm. So this was not its opening week. Uh, I couldn't really break it down to that point. I'm sure I could if I took the time, but I didn't. So this is just for the month of August. So the number one movie in August 1989 was Parenthood. Oh, it was Steve Martin. That's a good movie. Number two was Turner and Hooch. Tom Hanks and a dog. Yeah. Number three was When Harry Met Sally. Never liked that movie. I'll be honest, I haven't seen any of these so far. Are you serious? I've not seen the top three, no. Well, you've definitely seen the fourth one. And like, it's yes. one of your favorite sequels. Fourth is Lethal Weapon 2. It's like your <laughs> favorite Christmas it. movie. Oh my God. <laughs> Number five is The Abyss. Another good movie. Good horror movie. I d- haven't seen that one. Six is Batman. Are you going to tell me you haven't seen Michael Keaton's Batman? I've seen that Batman. <sighs> Good. Come on now. That was uh, the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Oh, well, look at that. Number seven was Uncle Buck for the month. Number eight was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I've seen that one. It's a great movie. Number nine is John's favorite, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Child. No, it ain't. <laughs> no, oh, no. man, why would you do that? Because <laughs> I want to see the look on your face. Oh, 10's a terrible movie. And 10 is Lock Up, which I've not seen With that Sylvester either. Stallone. That movie's awful. Ah. Uh, I've seen maybe half. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. I've seen five of the 10. So, yeah. I think I've seen all of those. There you go. Good year. Good yeah. month. 1989 might have been the best year for movies ever. We'll see. I've talked about that <laughs> multiple times with people. All right. Well, Uncle Buck is rated PG, which I think is our lowest rated movie, unless Cool Runnings was also PG. I would think so. It's a family Disney movie. Yeah. The genre is comedy drama. 
Pretty That's straightforward. Accurate. Yep. Has a running time of one hour and 40 minutes. Pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. And now I can go ahead and hit you with a synopsis. Go for it. When Cindy and her husband, Bob, have to leave town for a family emergency, there is only one person available to babysit for their three kids, Bob's lazy, carefree brother, (laughs) Buck. That's mean to say. While he immediately gets along with the two younger children, Buck must change his bachelor lifestyle if he wants to be a responsible caregiver for the angst-filled teenager, Tia. That's accurate. Yeah. The parents were going to Indy, weren't they? Yes. Got an emergency in Indy. It's like her dad or something. Yeah, her dad has a heart attack. And when we say Indy, we mean Indianapolis, because I have found that some people did not know that was a nickname for Indianapolis. I could see that. Yeah, I probably should have. (laughs) No, it's fine. I mean, I just assumed everyone knew, but that's what I get for assuming, I guess. This movie had a budget of $15 million. John Candy money. Yeah, its box office was seventy nine point two million. So it's a good return. Yeah, it definitely made its money, especially back. for that year because that was a great year for movies. And this is a John Hughes directed movie, which you can tell it's got mm-hmm. that John Hughes feel for sure. It's got that really nice ending to it too. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about some cast. Hmm? Let's do it. So of course, first up we have John Candy who plays Uncle Buck. And I tried picking movies that we haven't covered and that aren't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think came around that around the same time. So he's been in Stripes. I love Stripes with him and Bill Murray. Yeah. And Harold Ramis. That's a great film. He's been in Splash. And Tom Hanks movie. He plays like a, a weird brother in it. He's Tom Hanks' brother. Why is he everybody's brother? <laughs> and he's also been in Who's Harry Crumb? Love that movie. That movie ends uh, really fun, too. Does it? Yeah, so John Candy's got to stop these two people on a plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, from, they've kidnapped somebody. And uh, I Need a Hero plays. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. That song was used in so many movies to, for the end. It was also in the end for uh, Short Circuit 2. Yeah. Love that song. It's in Shrek, for God's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> like Shrek 2 or something. Oh, so ridiculous. Okay. Then Macaulay Culkin was billed second, but that's just because of the name, I'm sure. He really wasn't the next biggest character in this movie. And he, he plays... He would go on to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, he plays Miles Russell, the youngest Russell child. Mm-hmm. So I also tried finding movies close to that time because he... Not that he's done, like, uh, just enormous amount of movies, but... He literally did the, like, biggest movie for the next year. I know, but I'm saying, like... In numbers, he hasn't done a lot of oh, movies. Oh, no, no, no. He ruined child actor. Yeah, so he's been in The Page Master, which is a combination animated and live feature. I love that movie. I Jump. know, but you put that on there over Home Alone? We've covered Home Alone. I wanted to put stuff on here we haven't covered yet. He's also in Getting Even with Dad, which we I, have talked about. I like that movie. I, I grew up with that movie. I think I've seen it. Uh, the cover looked familiar, but I don't remember it. I and see then, you put Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, that didn't come out the same time. But I wanted to highlight his comeback and that he did very good in He that. was in that. He was really good in that. But you didn't put uh, Richie Rich. John. That's not a movie we talked about. All right. Well, <laughs> what else you want to put out there? He was also in a band that sang about pizza. You want to talk about that? No, because that has nothing to do with his <laughs> acting career. Okay. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Oh, John. A solid sequel. 
Jean Louisa Kelly <laughs> plays Tia Russell, the oldest child. Mm-hmm. She's been in Mr. Holland's Opus. Mr. Holland's Opus. I've not seen movie's, that. The movie's just okay. Top Gun Maverick. So the newer one. And she's also been in a couple Marvel movies, including Ant-Man. Random. She didn't have like a lot going on after that movie Mm-mm. or before that movie, really. I would guess she probably went to like TV or something. I think so. Yeah. And then the middle child, Gabby <laughs> Hoffman is, uh, or no, Gabby Hoffman plays the middle child, Maisie Russell. She's been in, of course, Now and Then, which we covered. Yeah. Which you said we weren't going to do movies that we covered. Okay, John. <laughs> I messed up, all right? That's fine. She's also been in Field of Dreams. <sighs> One of the best movies ever made. <laughs> I love Field of Dreams. Best sports movie or just best movie? Period. Oh, it's up there for sports movies, but like as far as just movies go, it's so good. And she's also been in Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, that's a romantic movie. Yes. <laughs> Ain't no Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Isn't that Sleepless in Seattle? Is that... Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. This is like six degrees of Tom Hanks. Everyone in this has been in a Tom Hanks movie with him. I know. And this all goes back to Kevin Bacon, too. It could. Because John Candy was in Plane Trains and Automobiles with... That's the movie we didn't name with uh, John Candy. Mm-hmm. That might be his best movie. Okay, so Amy Madigan plays Shanice Kabalowski. The girlfriend? Yes, she's the girlfriend of John Candy. That is such like a Polish name, too. <laughs> she is also in Field of Dreams. Yep. She's she in Streets of Fire. No idea what that is. And Female no. Perversions. Also don't know what that is. Really? That's... Her body of work was weird. I think it was also TV, so... But Field of Dreams is a solid movie. And the last person I want to throw on there. I know I could have put the mom and dad the in one. though. Field of Dreams? Yeah, so anyway. her and um, Gabby Hoffman were in two movies together the same year. Hmm. Look at them. Anyway, I could have thrown on the mom and dad. I didn't just because I That's don't fine. know. But I did throw on Lori Metcalf because <laughs> I have to. Her character is insane in this movie. <laughs> She's fun, though. She plays Marcy Dahlgren Frost, <laughs> and yes, it is hyphenated. There's mm-hmm. a reason for that. She's been in, of course, the TV show Roseanne. I love her and Roseanne. But as far as movies go, she's been in Scream 2. Mm-hmm. She was solid in that, too. That's a good... That's a, actually a really underrated sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, she voices the mom in Toy Story, mm-hmm. which blew my mind. I didn't really think about it until we had Jordan, and one of her favorite movies is Toy Story. I'm like, God, that... The mom sounds so familiar now that I've watched it a million times. Mm-hmm. I looked it up and it's Laurie Metcalf. Yeah, I, I'm a Laurie Metcalf fan. I love Roseanne. That's one of my favorite shows ever. Well, you want to go ahead and start with your scene so my voice box can take a break? Yeah, my first scene is uh, it's food related. Oh, I haven't done that for a long time, but this is a hard scene to just not put in a top 10 i think for anybody mm-hmm. so miles wakes up it's his birthday <laughs> and uncle buck uh goes above and beyond for this kid he uh makes him pancakes but they're so big he had to flip them literally with a snow shovel that was my second scene i put shovel pancakes <laughs> yeah and then he's like you should see the toast i couldn't even get it through the door <laughs> that's a fun scene every kid should have an uncle that's that cool yeah. i'm that uncle are you? Like this movie's really relatable because of my girls. Um, 
of course, Jordan, my daughter, but you got Cadence, Kira, Kinsley. Um, oh my gosh. I'm, Luna? No, no, no. I was going to say Luna, but I was thinking of on my other side. Okay. <laughs> I know. Luna came to the family later, mm-hmm. but still. But then, like, my nephews and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's just, I'm the favorite uncle. Well, good for you. I'm so glad. I love them all. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll touch on it, too, in a little bit. But my first scene is actually, it's when Buck shows up to the house. Ariana. Okay, (laughs) one of your other nieces. Mm -hmm. Yes, jeez, John. (laughs) Um, I've had such a long day. It's It's hard thinking of people all at once. That's fine. My first scene I'm going with is when it's like, right towards the beginning they've just called buck and he showed up in the middle of the night to watch the kids and the mom is going over uh how to take care of them or whatever and he's so <laughs> awkward and this he's just very deadpan delivery on this stuff the dad no the buck and he's saying oh, he's like half asleep and half drunk wasn't he kind of yeah yeah <laughs> and so he's asking all these weird questions and like he thinks they're normal and the mom's like oh my god no why are you asking that and one of the things he asked he's like do you guys have a plunger because i have bad plumbing he's like well you probably have good plumbing but i really like cheese i've been like really craving cheese lately (laughs) and he goes on this weird rant about how he's blocked up from eating so much cheese lately and And the mom's horrified he's like you know what forget it i bet it's fine i'm sure it's fine (laughs) i love when he's getting ready that's during that whole scene where he's getting ready and he's going through that closet and everything collapses on him the bowling ball oh, the bowling ball drills him right in the head <laughs> yeah the mom she's just later she ends up calling him i mean this is a different scene but when she calls to talk to him she's like i'll be honest i'm really scared and starts yeah. crying <laughs> she's like i'm really scared that you're there yeah. <laughs> so the mom just hates buck it's awful which really sucks because he's a such he's such a good like family member she was a good character to dislike, but that yes. delivery when her voice cracks and she's like, I'm really scared. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, yeah, just that cheese, like weird cheese rant. I'm just, I'm just really craving cheese. You know, I'm blocked up. <laughs> I just want to make sure. <sighs> Lord. Oh my gosh. You can go with your next, next scene. <laughs> I was still thinking about... <laughs> them being at the house and him having to call him in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and buck waking up in his uh <laughs> cubs jersey oh yeah but it's chicago mm-hmm. but my next scene i went with the part where buck punches out the clown oh yep that was a good one <laughs> that's also during this party and this guy shows up and he's trying to talk to buck but obviously he'd been drinking and buck asks him and the guy calls him, um, what's he say to him? He calls him something. A oh, jack I off? Yeah, so I don't remember. A jerk off, yeah. So Buck punches him in the nose. <laughs> and, and flattens hear, it. It's funny because it makes like the, the honk sound anyway. Uh-huh. And then he drills him again and it does it. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you also get to see, that's it's one of the first times that you really see John Candy's character act like an adult i guess where he mm-hmm. takes some responsibility he's like man these are kids you know why are you showing up like this and these are the things that the mom doesn't get to see that his brother doesn't get to see and he is actually trying to protect the children at this point yeah because the clown was just coming from like a 
bachelor party or something too. Yeah, he had been drinking all night and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah, I had a few so what of it. God. Yeah. Awful. I, Couldn't even press the doorbell. Nope. Buck was <laughs> he was done with it. Mm-hmm. Well, my second scene was also the pancake shovel. So I, I'll talk about it a little bit though. Cause when he first gets there, Macaulay Culkin made a, I did rewatch this movie today. So it's all fresh in my head. I don't just like have all of this memorized, <laughs> but, um, there was a part Macaulay Culkin says a line. I hadn't realized he said it before. I didn't notice he said it before, but when the first morning bucks there and he's making breakfast for them mm-hmm. and, Miles comes downstairs and he sees he's cooking. He's like, what is he doing? He's cooking our garbage. Because yeah. <laughs> I realized as an adult now hearing that, I'm like, oh, it's because they always eat out because mom and dad are busy. So they buy food. It goes in the trash because mm-hmm. it goes bad. I'm like, ah, see, as an adult, that makes sense to me. But when it, as seeing that as a kid, I was like, what? Like, is he just saying the food looks bad? Also, Buck was just throwing a bunch of stuff together, too. He's like, he put onions and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't terrible if you're making an omelet. That's fine. No, that actually sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But uh, so moving forward, you've got the kids who just aren't used Which, to Which really quick. I've been making us food. omelets every morning. You have. Massive omelets. I'm so glad. Probably massive. <laughs> I just feel like it's a lot of meat and <laughs> spinach in it. I'm a big fan of my omelets. They're not bad. They're just a lot. It, Which is fine. How can you not handle two <laughs> eggs? It's, it just looks like a lot. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, he cooks. Very light and fluffy. He cooks some breakfast. Macaulay Culkin <laughs> is confused because they're having a home-cooked meal. I forgot he says they're cooking our garbage. Yeah, and the the older daughter's like, I'll make you a bowl of cereal in a minute. She, oh. Dude, she yeah, she's is just, so hard to deal with this whole movie. She's just a teenager with a lot of angst. <laughs> so then you fast forward to uh, Miles' birthday party. His parents can't be there for his birthday. So he makes him these <laughs> enormous pancakes that are the size of the freaking table. And he's wearing that nose like a rhinoceros mm-hmm. nose or something. He's like, I couldn't even fit it through the door. <laughs> just the way he says it. Yeah, the party popper and all <laughs> yeah. that. He's such a cool uncle, man. I mean, those pancakes were looking good. I'll mm-hmm. be honest. I could tear yeah, it up. great. Maybe half of one. <laughs> I don't know how he got that big pat of butter. I wonder if that was a real pancake. I doubt it. You didn't find that in the trivia that they just had a big old no, I th- I, casting I, crew breakfast? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what it was made of. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that was my second scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For, our ne- for my next scene, um, I love when Buck finally gets at the well boyfriend of tia bug bug yeah and then buck puts him in the back of his car (laughs) (laughs) and then he sets him free and lets him go after tia gets to talk to him but buck uh, doesn't just let it go there he gets his bug is sitting there cowering and then tries to Mm -hmm. like yell at him he's like i'm gonna sue you when he's driving away my dad's gonna sue you so what's bug do slam on the brakes and put it in reverse (laughs) (laughs) I also love just the part where Buck gets out his pitching wedge uh-huh. and starts dropping uh, golf balls, and he drills him like four times with golf balls. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sorry. Oh, God. What a kid thing to do, man. Right. The amount of times that kid like wells up with tears because he's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Every man. time he's on screen, he looks like he's going to cry when he that sees That whole Buck. scene, you're just very happy that Buck did something that cool for 
Tia. Mm-hmm. Like he uh, went over there because he thought Tia and him were fooling around. Yeah. He literally drills through the door. <laughs> yeah, he does through the handle. <laughs> yeah, he, right through the uh, keyhole. Mm-hmm. Just drills the, the whole thing out. Yeah, that's You terrifying. can see it on his face right there. He was scared to death. What's scarier is when he turns the light back off and, <laughs> and then he goes, mm-hmm. turns the drill on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good John scene. Hughes adds like a little bit of horror to everything. Well, I feel like it's a running thing that we see John Hughes scripts. Oh, sorry. John Hughes scripts are actually a lot darker to start. Mm-hmm. And then people have to lighten them up because they're like, John. <laughs> <laughs> This is supposed to be a lighthearted movie, or it sounds like it should be, but you're making it really weird. That's how it was with uh, Ferris Club. Bueller, Breakfast Club. A lot of his movies end up being mm-hmm. that way. Well, and it's I funny. Think even that- Mr. Mom, like it was a lot darker, like he went to a darker place before. Yeah. Like the character turnaround. You almost want to see the outcome of, if it would have just let it be a darker I don't want to see that. You don't want to see a movie that it's about family and stuff like that and it just be something I dark. guess unless that's not what the movie's about mm-hmm. I guess um well my third scene is actually about Buck too it's a different scene but <laughs> it's the part where Buck shows up and crashes the party out in the middle of the woods oh and he's telling the bonfire he's telling Buck to come over or Bug to come over and check out he says do you know what a hatchet is <laughs> he said <laughs> like an axe he goes yeah yeah kind of and yeah, then a little he's, smaller he's telling him you know he likes to keep it nice and sharp keep it on him in case you know when he's around his loved ones he wants to make sure they're safe and he goes mm-hmm. on this really weird every time he's talking to bug a theremin starts playing yeah. in the background it's like <laughs> <laughs> and bug looks like he's about to start crying and she's like he he's exaggerating buck walks away back to the car he goes come on i'll show you and she says don't he's exaggerating and then he reaches in the trunk and pulls it out and just waves it it is (laughs) that real slow wave here it is come over here and he's like almost in tears that is psychological man he was stopping that dude from pissing him off Mm -hmm. that's really that's good parenting every time he sees him he says something crazy to him I'd do it too. I am really bad about that. I worry about all the kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and now they're all getting to the age where they can date and stuff. And like, I meet the people and I'm like, I don't don't like this kid right off the bat. Mm -hmm. It's happened to me twice now. My hope is I don't want to be that a stereotypical parent where Jordan's going to bring somebody home and I'm just going to go, oh, God, like expect the worst out of that person. I would like to think I would like her partners, you know, I'm just a really good first impression person. I've always been so. But yeah, I guess you can't. I feel like I could maybe get a good read off somebody, you know, just from looking at that's see but that's. (laughs) You know what? That's being real shallow. Just judging a book by its cover. I don't do that. (laughs) I take back what I said. Go ahead with your next scene. (laughs) Uh, I really like this scene where Buck goes to the school. That is my next scene. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it is. Go ahead. (laughs) Because I've done that where I had to go to the elementary school I went to for something for my nephew. And just forgetting that I'm not like, you know 
six, seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. So trying to use the bathroom is really awkward. Okay. No, I didn't cover that part. But when the urinals are like <laughs> damn near at the ground, <laughs> you have to stand on, or sit on his knees to pee. Yes. It's just that's an awful thing. Mm-hmm. But you have this principle that's really uh, she's. I wouldn't even say strict. She is such a disciplinarian that she doesn't see kids as kids. She only sees them as adults in in, in the making. In training. Yeah. yeah. Like they shouldn't be enjoying things a kid enjoys, mm-hmm. which we know people like that. So, yeah. See, now that was that's what I put as my second or my next scene. And she says something to Buck about. Well, because the conversation's about Maisie, the the little girl. Like, (laughs) you can join in on this one. Okay, yeah, she's six years old, and she's talking about how she's a dreamer and she's just not going anywhere. She's not serious. And Buck's like, she's six. Mm -hmm. Like, I would, I wouldn't want to meet a six-year-old that isn't a dreamer, that isn't, you know, have an imagination. (laughs) Doesn't like to have fun. And Buck tears this woman down. <laughs> yes, rightfully so. I mean, I don't know if I'd have the balls to talk to somebody like that, but I, I agreed with what he was saying. He's like, you need to let these kids be kids. Here's a quarter so you can go hire a rat and all that, that thing <laughs> off your face. <laughs> oh, they call I mean, me, you talk about all-time burns. They call me Uncle Melanoma. <laughs> 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 That's what they say when I'm coming over. <laughs> Uh, he can't stop saying like mole and yeah. <laughs> just got that nasty mole on her chin. But yeah, she's really mean and talking about how, like, I was surprised the conversation was about Maisie. I thought it'd be about Miles. I kind of like growing up, like I forgot how many things you forget about this movie. Mm-hmm. I actually thought the whole conversation was about Miles because I remember the scene, but I always thought it was about him uh-huh. because he was the one that was so outspoken yeah, an opinion about everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that scene was good. And I guess when you think about it, there are three kind of major scenes where Buck stands up for each of the kids. Mm-hmm. So it's where he deals with the clown for Miles, mm-hmm. dealing with the vice principal for Maisie, and then dealing with Bug for Tia. Yeah, he does the right thing, even with the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Like she walks in on crazy chick and him. Dancing, even though Buck's not wanting to do any of that. Oh, yeah. He realizes he's got to grow up. Yeah. And now looking at our scenes, I think our last scene's the same, too. This is such a good movie. It's a movie I think we both really enjoy. It's... Is the last scene the reveal where Tia forgives him, finally? Yeah. Yeah. I love you, Uncle Buck. Because Tia is, I mean, insufferable the whole movie. She's so angsty and so against him and even like does him dirty and twice when his his girlfriend girlfriend calls to ask where he's at she's like oh he's with um mayor or uh what's her name i can't remember her name i already forgot marcy marcy oh he's with marcy and they're usually up pretty late you know and he does it with the parents too yeah oh he's been drinking and i mean those are really bad lies that's not mm-hmm. even a, a white lie and she's just doing it because she's just a, this kid with an attitude you know 
hormones are going a million miles an hour. Just got all that angst, all this hate for no reason. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out who she is. And I don't know. Buck, when you see her finally break down, it's it's kind of heartbreaking. Well, Buck deals with her a lot better than I would have. He doesn't break. Like, even when she lets him know that she's the one who ruined his, him and his girlfriend's relationship, she goes, hey, Buck, do you have a bad day? Mm-hmm. And he turns around and just stares at her. I'm like, dude, I would have went storming in there yelling at her. And he just turned his back and walked away. She realized she didn't get him, too. I know that you got to be the bigger person. You got to be the Mm -hmm. adult. But yeah, she's just, she's really mean to him and to his circumstances through the whole movie. And then finally at the end, when she's like, you were right about everything, you know, you told Mm -hmm. me that guy was no good and whatever. But on the flip side, I could argue if Buck would have just left them alone, would Buck have done that? Yeah. Maybe. But still, it's like, he could have scared Buck into not wanting to be with her i doubt it (laughs) we know how girls are we know how guys are that's not what i'm saying like girls are going to do whatever they want like if you tell them no about something they're going to pursue it it just makes them try harder i don't think it has anything to about being a guy or girl i think it has everything to do with the age no because you can compare this to um what show am i thinking of okay roseanne which also features. Yes, Laurie Metcalf. Yes. The daughter in that, the oldest daughter, goes mm-hmm. out with a guy the parents don't want her with, is a bad dude for a quite a bit of the movie, and it takes the aunt be the one that make them realize well, maybe I, he's not that bad. I, it is stereotypical, which I always say stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason, but it is stereotypical to say that it's just girls who are going to do what they want. Guys are going to do it too. I really think it just has to do with the age. It's just it on, could be. on film and on TV, it's always portrayed as the girl because it's, but daddy, I love him. Like that's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the conversation in, you um, have. Even in the Monsters, Monsters University. University. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah, guys aren't really doing that. No, but they're still going to do what they want to do. Not all the time. Boy Meets World. Okay. Film and TV. That's what I'm saying. It's what's portrayed on screen. Yeah, but that's usually like a formula for how things are going to pan out for kids, too. I, again, I will say stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason, which is why uh, mostly girls are portrayed as the ones who are like, the more you tell me no, the more I'm going to want to do it. Guys are kind of the same way. It just, I feel like it depends on your age and your maturity level, how you deal with that. I would think it's more the teenage age for girls. For guys, it's like the way younger age. I don't think it's the older age at all. By then, like, Mm. I think, I don't, I think guys get really like (laughs) complacent and stuff like that. People don't realize how, I'm just going to say it, guys are lazy. When guys are in their 20s, though, it just changes. It's a more serious tone for things that they don't you know i feel like it's the old the 18 to 20 some year old guys who are catcalling who are hitting on girls at the bars like that's a stereotype right about the guys who can't take no for an answer right but that's not a thing how how do i put this Mm. (laughs) no no no, I, i no so if you go to a bar Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen with a girl, correct? Like a girl's not going to catcall. 
That's what this is what I know. I, I, I know. know. I know. That's what I'm trying to explain is that stereotypically, you're going to think girls are the ones who are hormonal teenagers and guys right. aren't doing that. But guys can do it, too. That's all I'm trying to get at, which I'm, is the same no, thing. I know that. But what I'm saying is you got to I'm breaking things down into like actual age groups. Mm-hmm. Like, I think boys are so much more angsty and stuff like that at a young age. Mm-hmm. Girls do it at their they grow up faster than guys. Guys stay like pretty much kids until they're like 16 17 mm-hmm. girls stop being girls like at 12 maybe even 11 they just become more mature more adult like they just they develop i don't know anymore it's situational it depends on the kid it depends on the situation um i mean gender aside i really feel like it just it's all situational i guess it could be yeah maybe how did we get here? What the heck? Tia. Tia is emotional. She's an emotional wreck this whole movie. I can't remember how much. How old is she in this? 15? They never say, but I assume maybe anywhere from 14 to 16. Yeah. Like super young. old, Young enough that she couldn't drive. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had a curfew. Yeah. But she was wearing makeup and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 14 to 16. I guess we could say 15 and just call it even. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's just a nightmare through this whole movie until the very end. And another thing that proves my point in this, <sighs> Miles is the one that's really, uh, he's the one that pushes back on stuff. Mm-hmm. Maisie's not. She's just a girl, little girl living in the moment. Then you go to the older sister who is very angsty. It's movie and TV. It's what the you're, stereotypes are being portrayed. Movie and TV. I'm just saying even they, John Hughes did a really good job of grabbing those aspects and putting them on film. Like Bug, mm-hmm. Bug was a dude that's doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he was or wasn't. He just, he was doing the wrong thing. Yeah, he wasn't taking no for an answer. He was going to get what he wanted, even if it wasn't from Tia. So they're both doing the same thing, just in different ways. Bug wanted to sleep with Tia. Tia wasn't ready for that. But she was going to do what anything that Buck told her not to do. And Bug is pushing his girlfriend to do stuff that she doesn't want to do. So everyone's doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. Uh, we're, we're all getting to the same point. We're just yeah. taking a different road to get there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> But it does come down to the very heartfelt moment in the car where she is crying and admits that Buck was right and Bug was garbage. And And not only that, like, honestly, Buck's probably been there, done that. You know what I mean? I mean. He's also a guy that in the movie is being portrayed as someone who can't grow up. You know, mm -hmm. he doesn't want to settle down. He doesn't want kids. He just, he's living in the moment. I think he's just. A guy in Chicago. Chicago. He's just out probably watching ball games and stuff like that, hanging out at the bar. He even takes him bowling. Yeah, living in the moment. That's what I said. He's just living his life and he's not worried saying. about like the he's future. Not think, he's not thinking about anything serious. Yeah. Not thinking about the future. Right. But he comes around. All right. Shoo. Do you want to do some honorable mentions for this movie? This movie had a couple, I, I, I remember. <laughs> First of all, I died at little Macaulay Culkin. His, I know, he, his he's so cute. In the beginning, when Tia grabs him and pushes him out of the way, he goes, your nails are digging in my armpit, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like five saying this. It's so funny. 
Oh, man. It's... Oh, man. The back and forth conversation with Miles and Buck mm-hmm. where he has to talk. He's talking to him and then Miles is just he's just answering really firing fast. with questions. Yeah. yeah. Buck Buck's answering really fast, too. Mm-hmm. Are you married? No. Why not? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No. Why not? That's Even a longer story. story. <laughs> What's your longest, or what does Buck ask him? He's like, what's your record for most consecutively asked questions? 38. Yeah, He's like, he answered it too. All right, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeps asking questions. Mm. That one's really good. <laughs> um, oh, the other, some of the other. Uh, Ritual killing. Yeah, stuff that <laughs> Buck says to Tia's boyfriend. <laughs> when Buck's like, have you ever heard of a. Oh, shoot. I, uh, oh, an oil change or a tune-up? Mm-hmm. And he goes, and Buck looks up and says, you ever heard of a ritual killing? <laughs> <laughs> the fucking car, when it when it backfires, it's so funny. I love because Buck knows what it's going to do it, too. He does the thing with his finger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> There's a part where he te- Tia's talking about um, she's not going to do what he says or pay attention to the curfew and he goes i'll shave your head while you're sleeping he meant that too and the theremin (laughs) (laughs) every time that theremin plays (laughs) he was a big fan of the twilight zone john hughes you could Mm -hmm. you could tell we didn't even talk about Lori's character even though we said she's really funny in it i really yeah i really like the bowling alley scene Mm -hmm. because buck's just Hanging out, drinking beers and stuff like that. Got these little kids with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there, you have that guy that's like spinning the uh, toothpick. Oh, it's it stuck. The from his mouth. <laughs> God, that had to hurt, man. Oh, God. But that, always, that always makes me... I just think about that in the spur of the moment, no matter what I'm doing sometimes. Mm-hmm. I got to just pop in my head and I'm like, why the hell am I thinking about that? <laughs> Freaking Marcy, when she first shows up and she thinks that Buck's in the laundry room having sex with someone... Oh, the laundry machine? And pulls out the mace or whatever. Every time you see her... She her, beats the piss out of him, too, with the purse. Her character is so um, erratic. She's just like... She's really high strung. Is there a really attractive fat man in this house? <laughs> <laughs> and then wants to dance with him. He's like, not in front of the dog. Yeah. She's <laughs> like grinding on his leg. That's when his girlfriend walks in, and it's like, oh, of course. So now, whatever Tia told her, she thinks is true. And right. God, what else? I don't even know. The Tia forgives her mom, and they do end up hugging it out at the end. That's a good scene too. Yes. Yeah, Tia's just so freaking mean sometimes. Dang. She's just a kid. When her mom in the game, when they have Chinese takeout. And she goes, what a lovely dinner, Mom. Where do you find the time? Like, she says crappy <laughs> things like that through the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. I know there's more scenes. I just can't think of them. <laughs> All right. You ready for some trivia? Yeah, sure. Okay. So the pancakes. Mm-hmm. They're Aww. actually made of uh, foam. Like Aww. foam latex. Boo. Yeah. So Zari painted when he flipped it, so it had, like, the perfect mm-hmm. char. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin Williams and Jack Nicholson were both considered for this movie, but neither one of them could even talk about committing to it because Robin Williams was working on the Dead Poet Society and uh, Jack Nicholson was working on Batman. Oh, uh, Jack Nicholson. I don't know. Robin Williams. This is a type of character for him. I but... think Jack Nicholson would have been good. He was, he's just a good actor. I think he could do anything. And I mean, I guess I, it, I'm 
predisposed to all of his movies now, so it's hard mm-hmm. to say. But Robin Williams, that is his type of character. But I don't know. I just don't know about him and John Hughes working together. I feel like he's not Maybe. a John Hughes character. No, he doesn't seem like a John Hughes guy at all. Mm-hmm. Plus, this is before that Robin Williams. Yeah. Other people that were uh, that did audition and were considered Danny DeVito, Tom Cruise, Dan Aykroyd, George Wendt, Michael Keaton, and Ed O'Neill, which he would go on to work with Ed O'Neill and Dutch, and he worked on Great Outdoors with Dan Aykroyd and John Candy. Yeah. Crazy, huh? I could see most of those guys. Again, it's one of those, I just don't know if they're John Hughes guys. That's the thing. Like, they may be able to pull off a character like that. Ed O'Neill would have been good. Maybe, yeah. Even Dan Aykroyd I may be able to to take for that, but... Yeah. Well, yeah. Michael Keaton worked with him and Mr. Mom. He would have been okay. But it, I don't know how he would have been able to do this because he was also doing Batman. Oh, yeah. No way. <laughs> Uh, so the role of Kevin McAllister, John Hughes. Kevin already, McAllister. I'm getting to something. Okay. Uh, Chris Columbus, who backed the movie mm-hmm. Home Alone, didn't know if he wanted Macaulay Culkin, and John Hughes is really pushing for Macaulay Culkin. He's like, "Please watch Uncle Buck." Mm-hmm. It's the movie we just did, so they screened it. And they decided right there, Chris Chris Columbus said, I, we're going to use Macaulay Culkin for the lead in this. Oh, because he saw him in Uncle Bo. Thought he was immensely funny. He is. As a, his, as a kid. His timing and delivery of his He's also lines. said that he's a kid that you can love. Like, you'll yeah. see him on screen and instantly love him. You'll feel bad for him. You'll you'll feel good for him. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll want to root for him. Is it weird that... When I was watching Uncle Buck again, his little like itty bitty face reminds me of Jordan. I know, right? I know. <laughs> it was so, and it may just because he had that baby face still, you know. <laughs> this is the, this is the first of three movies that had Macaulay Culkin with John Candy. This mm-hmm. Home Alone and Only the Lonely. Oh, I've not seen that one. Crazy. Um. Who did I, I? Rick Moranis. He turned down the role of uh, Bob Russell, the older brother. Oh, he okay. got sent a script and everything from John Candy, and said, uh, "It's going to be a, it's going to be a problem." I'm already signed to Disney. Oh, uh, I could see him in that. I mean, it's a small role, but based off of the guy that they put in that place, I could see. And you it have being... to get an agreement once you're signed to another company. Oh yeah, they have to allow you to go work for someone. Mm-hmm. We've covered that with. Back to the Future? I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those movies where Buck's car, the beast, they <laughs> couldn't find um, what they wanted to use to make the backfire noise. Mm-hmm. Someone's just like, fire gun. <laughs> well, I guess. And they're like, well, it doesn't pop enough. So someone's like, you can do a, a gunshot with an M80. Oh. So they recorded both those things at the same time. Jesus. Okay. And they had to they had to tone it way down. Yeah, I can imagine. All right, this one's for Matt. So, <laughs> the Cubs jersey that Buck's wearing before he leaves the house is Ernie Banks, an all times Cub great. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, John Goodman. Mm-hmm. He requested to play uh, Uncle Buck. Okay. And John Hughes said. I, I already have someone in mind. It's going to be John Candy. 
but that a whole thing. So this put John Hughes and John Goodman at odds for a little bit. All the Johns. <laughs> I know. And John Candy felt really bad for it. But in 1994, uh, John Goodman and John Candy went out for the role of Fred Flintstone. John Candy wanted it really bad, but John Goodman's uh, audition was great. Uh-huh. And I guess, sadly, uh, John Goodman said that's for Uncle Buck. Oh. <laughs> you gotta have some humor, I guess. Yeah. They filmed this whole movie in uh, an old school. They built all the sets there, even the house. Oh. So everything inside the house, that's just a set that they built inside of a school. Well, that's cool. Uh, John Hughes originally wanted Tia to be played by Winona Ryder. After seeing Beetlejuice. Okay. Which is, you get those vibes, don't you? Now. Well, yeah, super dark, angsty. Yeah. Ryder wanted to do the movie, but she couldn't make time because she was filming Heathers. I was going to say, I picture her in Heathers, so that Mm -hmm. would be, yeah. Uh, When I, while they were filming, John Mm -hmm. Candy uh, is in downtown Chicago. And he decides to go out with the music supervisor on the town. Well, they go and hang out with this guy. And one of the people is someone that they're gonna inter- that's going to be interviewing them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They didn't know that oh. until they went in for the interview. John Hughes was really upset. That they went out drinking with him? Mm-hmm. Oh. And then like all this stuff got brought up in the interview on radio. Interviewed for what? Yeah. Hughes canceled it- a bunch of the scenes. In the movie, that because they they spoiled some of them. Oh, <laughs> so they to told them about them. Okay. And so this guy starts trying to bring stuff up about a movie that's not coming out yet. Ah. Uh. And John Hughes got on the phone. And he's like, he's like, get off the uh, interview with this guy. Go home. Yikes. He told him he was disappointed in him and he needed to get some sleep. Yikes! Not good. <laughs> uh, despite the girl that plays Tia and John Candy not getting along on set she was actually really fond of john candy oh and in real life they didn't get along or you're saying on On the screen yeah on screen okay she's actually very fond of him and she was really sad to find out about his passing yeah well (laughs) that scene that you're talking about the interrogation where macaulay culkin is uh doing that with john candy Uh uh-huh they filmed that in i think one take Oh, wow. John Candy had Macaulay Culkin practice it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, just did a thing with Macaulay Culkin where he'd be sitting in front of the camera. So that's why it's a, a close-up of Macaulay Culkin. It's yeah. because John Candy's uh, mouthing the line to him mm-hmm. while he's talking. So they were able to get all that in one take. Okay. Nice. Anything else? Um, no, we can wrap it if you want. Okay. I mean, of course, I, I, I would hear more, but we're on a time constraint. You no know? problem. <laughs> I will say, though, that they this movie had a totally different title when it went into production. It was called Alone with Our Uncle. Oh, Sounds like a horror movie. Yeah. I'm glad they changed it. Not good. Don't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, ready to rate this thing. I'm ready. So the first thing we're going to rate it on is the rewatch. How likely are you to rewatch this movie? I'd rewatch it. Like, I think it's one of those movies you really like watching around like the holiday season, like the winter. Mm-hmm. 
I don't, I know about the movie and I've seen the movie and I like the movie, but for some reason it never like pops up. Uh, yeah. I'm never thinking about it when I want, you know, I'm looking for something to watch. So for that, probably give it a three. I'll give it a three. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's actually fair. Both of us really. So the next thing we're going to rate it on is the look and feel. Uh, well, uh, no, it'd be legacy. Legacy. I was <laughs> we should flip those two. I feel like but let's, yeah, we'll go ahead and go with legacy. It's a weird It's going to sound really bad, but you don't ever hear of like this going to like back to theaters or nothing like that. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin's, uh, star rose and fell really fast. John Candy died really young in the early night. Well, well, yeah, early 90s. He died in like 94. I'm just thinking, you know, even if you're considering fan groups of Macaulay Culkin or John Candy, I don't know if this is the first movie. Yeah, I don't think this is high on those lists. First, you know, handful of movies that may pop up for those um, actors. Especially for somebody like John Candy. He has so many good works. I think this one gets forgot. And it sucks because this is a good... like. It's a great movie. I, please believe this is a good movie. I like it. But as far as the legacy... I, a one at best. Yeah, I'm going to give it a two. All right. Okay. Just because like for my generation, I think my generation and your generation seen it. They put this movie in high regard. Mm-hmm. And last one, look and feel. This um, features more music like John Hughes likes. This is also the first movie to really feature rap as the pick of music over any kind of rock or anything like that. Like the kids are listening to rap over. Uh, I guess. I don't really remember. I think I remember one scene with it. I don't really? know. Yeah, I can't really remember yeah, like the bug, music. Any, um, any scene that has bug in it, I think it, it features some kind of hip hop. Yeah. Um, the character, I think it was cast very well. Mm-hmm. All the characters, big and small, <laughs> did a good job. Um, the it just has that John Hughes feel, like you know. Yeah, it definitely feels like it's mid- the Midwest. You can't escape. I know, and it it's very comforting to see it something <laughs> that you can relate to, because I feel like you get a ton of movies out based in the West Coast and even the mm-hmm. East Coast. You know, you get the and New England the states South. and. It's, it's nice to see the Midwest represented, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, also, the music in this movie is very good. Mm-hmm. He, they did a lot of really good musical choices. I'm going to give this a four. I was going to say that, too. We hmm. almost agreed. So my overall for this movie. Um, I'm going to be fair as a movie to view. Overall, uh, I'll give it a three and a half. Wow, I thought you'd go higher. Really? Mm-hmm. I just think as a movie, it's a g- really good movie. But if you have to take those other three things in consideration, that's what lowers it. But as a film, mm-hmm. I, I can go higher than that. Okay, well, that's what I thought you were doing. So, I mean, my overall is not good, obviously, but if I had to just rate it as the movie itself, an overall movie, even though I gave it a low score as far as legacy, um, 
and even a low score for rewatch. That doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I could give it a four as a movie. Yeah, I consider it a four. So I'm going to give it a four for the overall. I feel like that's fair. I'm not averaging my numbers. No, I wasn't averaging them. But no, you're right. It's such a good film. I should give it a four. I feel well, don't like, let me I feel pressure. Like a, I feel like a three, three and a half still like middle ground. I think this is better than a middle ground movie. Mm-hmm. There, I'll give it a four. All right. <laughs> well. This was a really, really good rating This for this movie, I feel like. This is a fun one. We got into some weird, serious <laughs> conversation, but that's okay. Sometimes yeah, we're both making the same point. That's the thing. We both just. Took different ways to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. That was fun. Uh, next week, uh, our last episode before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll see what we come up for. If you stick around, you'll hear a little sneak peek. Sneaky peeky. Every time. Every mm-hmm. time. <laughs> All right. See you next week. See ya. Next week on the Retro Club. He's helpful. You he can do a lot with them hands. Mm-hmm. Still kind of weird they added a roach clip on there so he could smoke. What? Shut <laughs> No, no, no. That's a, that's for real. That's, that's what's on those. Like, you'll see it looks like a thumb. Uh-huh. It's not. It's so he could smoke in between takes. Get out of here. You called it a roach clip. That's what they called it. <laughs> so I, no, that's what they oh. called it when I the last time I uh, saw anything about this movie. Oh Jesus! Well, I mean, they added a rope clip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's usually for marijuana, John. That's not for cigarettes. Well, he was smoke. He was just smoking cigarettes. Them silly cigarettes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Megan Harris. Research is by John and Megan Harris. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Slasher at RetroClubPod. Or visit our website at RetroClubPod.com for episode information and more. You can listen to the Retro Club on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and more. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, or we'll find you.